0: Wow. Well, 2020 has been quite the year. It's not over yet, but a fair amount has happened. Um, let's just have a think about everything that's gone on this year. We've had the Australian bushfires, um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle leave from the British royal family, the stock market crash, the threat of World War Three. Well, that was mainly on social media, um, the deaths of the sportsman Kobe Bryant and... Black Panther actor Chadwick Boseman, um, Black Lives Matter movement, and the presidency of Donald Trump and um, Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. So, quite a lot has happened. And just as our year has very much changed the world around us, so have the words that we've been using. Or, more so, you could say that as our world has been changing, um, our vocabulary and, and the diction that we're using has also been changing. Um, So, thinking about, you know, what word's the most popular, every year, Oxford Languages, the publisher of the Oxford English Dictionary, chooses what it considers the word of the year, Um, a selection that is meant to reflect the ethos, mood, or preoccupations of the past 12 months. So, in 2019, it was climate emergency, in 2018, it was toxic, I still use that word a lot, and in 2017, it was was youthquake, I mean, perhaps this year, it's one of the hardest um, years to create a definition for, to create one of these words for, because so much has happened, as I've already said, and um, there's there's so many things that I think have really been monumental. Um, so, I searched this up, and when I searched up what the word of the year for 2020 was... Cambridge Dictionary told me it was quarantine, and merriam webster told me it was pandemic. So, evidently, the word of the year has to have something to do with the coronavirus pandemic. And this is true, I've mentioned a whole list of things that have happened, but I didn't mention coronavirus, and it's something we're still very much living in now. It hasn't been uh, transient, which means it hasn't been short-lived. It's still here, and for we know it's going to continue into twenty twenty one. So, if the two you know words of the year are about coronavirus, let's just think about how how many new words we have got related to this pandemic. I mean, off the top of my head, when I think, okay, what words and vocab have I been using recently? What have been really important this year? The immediate words that come up are social distancing, quarantine, pandemic, isolation, self-isolate, um, remote learning or remote working, lockdown, epicenter. Those are some really important, perhaps scientific words, but words that we still now we're now using in our everyday vocab because the talk of disease has become colloquial it's something that's spoken about with everyone not just scientists um looking the first two words I said I said social distancing and remote learning are good examples of compounding we've got two words that have been joined together so social and distancing and for me it's almost a bit of an oxymoron there as an uh contrast between social and distancing two words that usually don't go together social meaning when lots of people obviously together and Um, and talking and distancing, the opposite, you're isolating yourself. So the fact that we've put those two words together is quite funny. Um, And remote learning. So remote here has quite a nuanced meaning because usually in the past we use remote as an adjective to describe a village or an island or in the case of remote control. But here we're compounding it with words such as learning, working and monitoring. We've had a lot of remote learning. I... I'm technically remote working right now because I am in quarantine um, so I'm in my room recording this for you all to use it's interesting, Um, remote learning has been such an important thing, think about how lots of the year groups at at university, at school I mean, um, have split in half and some are working on teams and we just mentioned teams now and we mentioned Zoom and everyone knows what it means A year ago, I had no clue what Zoom was. I never used Teams. But now, they're not only technologies that we're we're so, so used to using, but words that are very common in our vocabulary. Um, What else? I mean, coronavirus itself, we have so many different different versions and abbreviations of this. Obviously, originally, um, the word stemmed was created in 2019 when we said the coronavirus disease 2019, which was then abbreviated to coronavirus, and has since then been shortened again to COVID-19, which was coined, which means created, um, on the 11th of February um, by the World Health Organization. And um, it's even been shortened to COVID, just COVID, or especially among young people, among my friends, they say the Rona. As a joke, they say, ah, Betty's got the Rona. Um and i mean out of the word coronavirus and covid we've also got the words um, COVIDiet, um which means someone who is irresponsible during the time of the pandemic or, or a bit stupid it's just joining two words together isn't it um covid and idiot and also a word that is probably less used but um is covidian which is a word that me and my friend you know kind of made up ourselves when we created a web series about um people's lives during the pandemic so you see how new words are being formed all the time and even you know being made up by one random person to then be developed and used by others other important words that um i think have, have become really important in 2020 is fatality rate um interestingly i was searching at the definition of fatality and um it's most. It was most popular during the 1930s, and is now getting again to that to that level. And that's because the 1920s, 1930s was when we had the plague. So it's kind of scary that um, the two word, the word has peaked during the plague and during coronavirus. It, it shows a kind of comparison. Um, living in times of repeating themselves. Track and trace. Another one. That's definitely some compounding. You've got three words there connected by hyphens. Um, Curve and flatten the curve. Um, that's something that we hear a lot in the news. You know, we've got to flatten the curve. Is what Boris Johnson always says. Um, hand sanitizer. Have you sanitized? That is something that I've heard so so much, and it will. I think that generally, um, in the future, hand sanitizer is just going to be continue continue to be used. I think we'll enter shops and we'll need for hand sanitizer. Same same with masks. Um, wave as well we talked about the first wave of the of the pandemic and we are now on the second wave hopefully no fingers crossed spain is flattening the curve and um coming out of the second wave but you can never you can never tell key workers as well that's something that's become very important a key worker beforehand we, we didn't really obviously we we appreciated that different jobs um had different purposes and um but all but all jobs were you know of importance whereas during the pandemic when people's lives are at stake we've really come to learn that some jobs are so important in keeping society going and allowing society to work so you know um we have to thank key workers during this time um we've also got the phrase tier phase i mean tier and phase so t- the tier system is what being is being used in the UK at the moment when um you know, the different severity of locations, um, determines what restrictions and what privileges or freedoms you have. Um, but also phasing as well. There's been, you know, I think planned phasing for Spain, um, with traffic light systems, um, and bubble as well is something that a word that I've used a bit in the UK, especially in Wales, um, which is where my, my parents live because, um, Wales have made the rule that you can, um, form your own bubble which means you can bring extended people outside of your family or connect to families um, and you're allowed to social socialize and stuff like that but um, they're within your bubble so you can't expand your bubble beyond those people um and for example the great british bake-off which is a program i love i'm not sure if you know it in order to do that program they had to form a bubble so everyone had to isolate i'm in quarantine for two weeks and no one was allowed to leave that hotel and everything was filmed on site no one left they effectively all lived together so um no coronavirus could have been uh, transmitted among them and also symptomatic and asymptomatic so obviously symptomatic comes from the word symptoms what symptoms have you got for the pandemic and something that's been discovered is that young people um a lot a lot of young adults are proving to be asymptomatic or having very few symptoms um the key one in young people is loss of um smell and taste so as i said i'm in quarantine right now i feel perfectly fine but the scary thing about this pandemic for me is that i have no clue whether i had it or whether i have it because um it's very possible that i could be asymptomatic um so i think that's all of the coronavirus related vocab that i've have been really important to me and i hope that you guys i'm actually i'm sure that you guys have heard some of these before because um they're quite universal words um they're not necessarily specific to a language or to a country, spe- especially because the pandemic has been global. It's a pandemic for a reason. It's it's everywhere, um, and so that's really in in my mind proven how influential um, the pandemic has been on the year, and and then from that, how um, how much words change and how much they develop with the times um you know we've used words as our main form of communication for you know as long as we can remember for almost as, as long as we know we've always just grown up with words but um they are not set in stone which i think is really important and really really interesting um i'll just finish with some some slang it's not necessarily related to the pandemic but um new words um that have been formed in 2020 that um are used particularly among young people um in britain so um you've got the word shook so if someone says i'm shook it means like oh my gosh i'm so surprised um so it is a bit of a combination between the word um you know shake and shocked and surprised a bit of a um mix of mix of them or potentially an error if you look at the the list of how words are changed that um lloyd has written for you we've also got um the word lit if something is lit it means it's great it's amazing um if you're hangry this is a funny word so it might be difficult for you to hear the difference here hangry is not the same as hungry, and it's not the same as angry, but it's a combination of the two. So it's when you're angry because you're hungry. But I understand it's quite difficult to hear the difference, so I'll say it once more: hungry. Um, I love that word. Then there's also noob. If someone is a noob, it means they're quite new at something. So in video gaming, you particularly use this word, like, "Oh, I'm I'm a noob at Fortnite." Um, we've also got the word mansplaining, um, which is basically. A word, particularly used by used by women, uh, particularly in feminism, uh, which is when a man tries to explain his point or prove himself to be right, um, or he thinks himself right, um, and it will it will mainly be because he is a man. Um, he feels the need to explain something to a woman in order to assert his kind his dominance or his um, super, superiority. We've um, also got snowflake. Obviously, snowflake has its own meaning, but um, something that I've heard a lot is saying the generation of the snowflake, um, and this is something that's been actually been used by the older generation or by the news, the news and the media to describe the younger generation. Um, it means if someone is a snowflake, they are so preoccupied by um, their self and their worries, and they basically think that you know the world is after them, um, and that they are being massively mistreated um so it's used quite pejoratively which means negatively um we've also got peak bear and sick what i find funny about these three words is um that they their how they use colloquially is it's pretty much the opposite of what they literally mean so if you say something is peak you mean it is really really bad so it is so peak that i'm in quarantine right now but obviously the word peak means the top of something so it's a bit strange that we use that. Um, the word bear as well. I often hear people say, I have bear likes, which means I've got a lot of likes. But again, if you describe something as bear spelt B A R E, not B E A R, which is the animal, um, it means you've got a lot of something. But the original word of bear means um lacking. And also sick as well. This isn't necessarily from this year, but I think it's another example of um slang having opposite meaning um if you start to describe something as sick if a young person does it often means they think it's really really cool but obviously sick means uh ill or bad and potentially my favorite word of the entire year has been karen i am really really curious if you guys know what this means and underst- have understood this concept um and this this kind of slang, uh, or this idea that's been conceived by young people. If you describe someone as a Karen, it means that they are a complete nag. They, com- they are the person who will complain and be very, very rude, particularly to customer service. So in a restaurant, they'll be like, where is my food? Why haven't you given me this? This is rubbish customer service. And the uh, stereotype of a Karen is that they will always ask for the manager hopefully when i'm back next week uh, hopefully i'll be back next week um we can have a talk about this because i'd love to know if you guys have heard some of these phrases before